are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to who the always wonderful and might I add handsome host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, we got a bunch to talk about today. I want to talk about former Diamondbacks Chief Baseball Operations Leader Tony LaRussa being hired by the Chicago White Sox. I want to talk about Tori Lavelle's comments on the Blake Snell decision. Uh, I'll get into whose options got declined on this D-backs team. And I'll even tell you about the D-backs betting odds to win the World Series in 2021. But first, if your company's interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks to listen to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, I'll read to the most reasonable around. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. All right, all right, all right. Let's get into it. And I want to first talk about Toy Lavella and what he had to say on Arizona Sports when he was talking to Doug and Wolf on Tuesday, October 27th. They were asking him about the Blake Snell, you know, decision, whether he would have taken out Blake Snell. And this is what Toy Lavello had to say or had to say. Look, we've had one shot at Blake Snell. He shut us down, not this past year, but in 2019, easily for six or seven innings. I heard comments from our players coming back to the dugout, suggesting it's the best left-handed stuff they've ever seen. I got very high on a very high opinion on Blake Snell. Obviously, he's a Cy Young Award winner. He was dealing. Lavella also went on to say, if he was in Kevin Cash's suit, if he was in Kevin Cash's shoes, it would have been difficult for him to take out. Blake Snell, knowing what he's already seen against his team in 2019, knowing he's a Cy Young Award winner, and knowing and just seeing how he was pitching that day on the mound. So for Toy Lavello, he says basically it would have been a tough call for him to do it, but he's not putting any blame on uh, Kevin Cash. And also, he says analytics and that decision making is what got them to the World Series, so it must have worked. But, Toy Lovello, I'm going to need you to backtrack on that statement. I'm going to need you to put your foot down on saying, no, I wouldn't have taken Blake Snell out of that situation because if you agree with Kevin Cash that Blake Snell should have stayed in that ballgame, then we might need to look at a different manager because I know you care about analytics, but I also know you care about the feel of the game. I think Toy Lovello has a pretty good handle on, on getting a balance on both of those, but... If he's not hard set on keeping Blake Snell in a game like that, then I, I would be concerned f- to see the kind of decisions Toy Lovello would make in a big playoff game. I mean, if this guy is telling you right now if my ace is on the mount and I'm not too sure if I would keep him on there when he's dealing in a do-or-die game, then 
hey, that I, I think that's very concerning. And hopefully, uh, Toy Lovello was more just being tongue in cheek, and we really just didn't want to go against Kevin Cash because it, it's really a brotherhood with these managers and you know baseball players. It's a coalition, so these managers don't want to go against other managers a lot of times. They don't want to put them in bad light. So maybe Toy Lovello just being more kind than what he actually feels. Maybe he is hard set that he, he thought it was an awful decision by Kevin Cash, and he he really thought Blake Snell should have been pulled and he wouldn't have done it but his stance wasn't hard enough for me it was a pretty soft stance and I really think uh if Tori Lovello I really do believe if Tori Lovello doesn't think he would have taken Blake Snell at that game he would have said it with his chest he wouldn't have you know beat around the bush so heavily like he did so the fact that Tori Lovello didn't beat his chest and say nah you gotta leave Blake Snell in that game then that leaves me a little bit concerned that leaves me a little worried for what kind of decisions Toy Lovello might make in the future if the D-backs are ever in a big playoff game. Now, what I want to segue to now is all this criticism the White Sox are getting for reuniting Tony La Russa with the organization. And I get some of the criticism. I mean, he's old as dirt, man. I mean, he's 76 years old. He's probably the oldest, you know, head coach slash manager in any professional sport right now. I'm not entirely too sure if that's true, but thing of basketball and football I can't think of a guy older than 76 and uh, I get it you guys think he's an older guy an older white guy he's been away from the game for nearly a decade he just won't connect with uh these players right now he won't connect with modern players and that might be true that might be true but let me give you guys another name that I think could be comparable and that's John Gruden we saw John Gruden out the NFL game for about 10 years we saw the analytics uh, wave over, uh, you know, come through the sport uh, after he came through the sport. We saw analytics come through football after John Gruden left. And by the time John Gruden came back, it was basically a different sport with analytics and how people viewed it. And, you know, it, it was a different time. And John Gruden was able to adjust. He was a guy that was a little bit older and he was able to adjust as well. Now, maybe maybe Gruden's a better personality. Maybe he's a, biggest, uh, a better fit with uh, NFL players and a younger generation because I do think that's the biggest difference between Tony La Russa and John Gruden. I think Tony La Russa could get up to speed when it comes to analytics and just how baseball is played today. I'm not really too concerned with that side for Tony La Russa because I saw a guy like John Gruden do it who was out the game for 10 years. The biggest difference for me where I think Tony La Russa could struggle that he doesn't have the same personality and the same charisma that a John Gruden does I think Gruden just way more personable I think he's just way more I think he's just better with people I'm not too sure if Tony La Russa is like that that's might be the biggest disconnect is actually in terms of making connections with his players and making connections with Jose Abreu and Tim Anderson that might be the toughest part but actually strategizing and coming up with good plans and actually managing a good baseball game to victories I, I'm sure Tony La Russa could still do that I mean he's a current Hall of Famer so I would have to believe Hall of Famers have some kind of knowledge. They have pretty good perspective. I do believe most Hall of Famers are pretty good at what they're doing or, or you know, were pretty good at what they're doing. So even though Tony La Russa is 76, he's old, he hasn't been doing it in a long time, I do think this could be a good hiring. I know everyone just destroying it. No one likes the Tony La Russa hiring. They think he's just an old fart, and that's true. But you just, it, baseball and just sports in general, just so 
weird and it's just so unpredictable honestly i mean sports is just basically gambling when you try to predict anything and there's no one manager that the white Sox could have been that the white Sox could have gotten that everyone would have been you know happy with you know maybe maybe some other guys that were out there that were named that were free agents on the managerial market that people would have been happy with i don't think you know white Sox fans would have been happy with aj hinter alex cora after seeing uh, after the scandals that just happened to them so i don't know who people wanted the white Sox to hire exactly but a guy with a track record and a resume of tony larusa shouldn't be getting blasted as much as he is, but I get it. I get why. I, I, I see the other news as to why uh, people are blasting Tony La Russa, but I just think it could be like a John Gruden situation. The guy might have been out of the game for 10 years, but if he's if he's changed his mindset, if he's really buying into how baseball is played today, then maybe it will work out, and I'm not going to kill the decision of the White Sox for hiring Tony La Russa. Now again to which Diamondbacks didn't have their options picked up, but first, let me tell you guys about Built Bar, because Built Bar is back and more improved and more delicious than ever before. They had 18 amazing flavors, but six new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're both soft and easy to chew. Now, the reason why I love Built Bars is because they're healthy. They taste like a candy bar, but they're actually protein bars. They help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. And they're great for me because I'm a health-conscious guy, and the bars are just low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, so it's great for that keto diet. If you go to BuiltBar.com right now, they reset their promo code for this relaunch. You get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKDOWN, you'll get 20% off your next order. Promo code LOCKDOWN for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. back into it i said i was going to tell you who which d-backs players options got declined by the team and i think you'd be surprised to know mike leak was one of them i don't think that one was surprising because i told you guys i I told you guys on the pod uh earlier this week that the d-backs should decline his option i guess they listened to me what do i know i'm only the d-backs podcast guy but i guess i hit the nail on the head with that one and then They also declined the option of Hector Rondon, and I was a little bit surprised, I guess, with this one. I didn't really think about the Hector Rondon Rondon option too much, but when you look at the numbers, I mean, it's not a surprise why Hector Rondon was, why Hector Rondon's option wasn't picked up. I mean, the guy just flat out wasn't good this season with the team. A 7-6-5 ERA in 23 games, 20 innings pitched, he gave up 17 earned runs. Six home runs allowed. I mean, his walks per nine was five. He still struck out a, a lot of dudes, but the man would just, he, he had no control. He walked a ton of dudes, gave up a lot of home runs. The man would just not, did, did not look right on the mound. He had three wild pitches and only uh, the 20 innings he pitched. I mean, that's uh, pretty insane, honestly. Uh, but I was so high on Rondon entering the season, and he just fell so short of my expectations. I mean, this was a guy who you could look at as a potential closer for the D-backs if things broke right or wrong. I mean, depending on how you look at it, depending on if Archie Bradley struggled or not. But this guy could have been a, a potential closer after the D-backs traded Archie Bradley. And 
he was just so bad before the trade that the D-backs never even gave him a chance, and I can't blame him. I mean, he finished five games this season. I'm surprised he finished that many, and this was a guy who had a track record of being a closer. I mean, he broke into baseball as a closer in 2014 and 2015 with the Cubs. He racked up, what is that, 59 saves. His ERA was about a two. A man has been a dominant closer before, and he's also uh, been a closer a little bit for the Astros. He saved 15 games for the Astros back in 2018. So he's got that closer experience. He's got that back end of the bullpen experience. And it just didn't work out this year. And I'm not sure what his opportunity will look like in 2021. But the D-backs are definitely not bringing him back. And I can't blame them for that one. But the one guy who I did find surprising that the D-backs didn't pick up their option on is Junior Guerrero. I mean, this guy was arguably the second best relief pitcher for the D-backs most of the season. He pitched 23 innings, and he had a huge role out the bullpen. Now, the biggest problem with Guerrero is that he was a walk monster. He had 5.7 walks per nine, but that's been his MO throughout the entirety of his career. His career walks per nine is 3.9, so this guy likes to walk a lot of people, but when your ERA is only a 304, you will take it. I mean, I'm okay with you walking, dude, if you're not giving up earned runs. And that's what Guerrero was really good at. He was really good at not giving up earned runs. Now, maybe the reason why the D-backs didn't pick up his option is because he's an older guy. He's going to be entering his 36, age 36 season, and... That's pretty old in terms of sports age, you know, 36 years old. So maybe the D-backs just want to get younger in the bullpen, get some fresher arms back there. I mean, we had Riley Smith of the D-backs organization on the pod the last couple of days. And he's, uh, you know, he he's, was pretty good this season coming out the bullpen. I mean, look at his numbers down the stretch. He had like a 1-4-7 ERA. So maybe he's in line for a bigger role in 2021. And I hope he is. He was pretty good for the team this season. So for this D-backs team... I, I was not to see. I was not surprised to see the options of Mike Leake and Hector Rondon be declined. But I was surprised to see the option of Junior Guerrero get declined because I thought he was one of the better pitchers on this D-back staff. Now let's get into those odds that DraftKings Sportsbooks has for the D-backs winning the World Series in 2021 because. Right now, the sportsbook has the D-backs as one of the worst teams for winning the World Series in 2021. They are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 from the bottom. So they are not high on this list at all. Plus 7,000. And they are right above the Orioles with the same odds, tied with the Giants as well. They are right behind the Rockies, Marlins, and Red Sox for winning the World Series in 2021. And looking at the list of names ahead of the D-backs, uh... It's hard to argue, honestly. Right now, looking at the way the D-backs ended the season, I can't blame betters and Vegas for saying the D-backs don't have a great chance of winning the World Series in 2021 because there are just so many holes and so many flaws on this D-backs roster right now. I mean, we got to get that rotation figured out. We got to see if Bumgarner is going to keep regressing like this, keeping on this decline, or if he has a little bit of a bounce back in him. If Luke Weaver could get back to 2019 form, whether Caleb Smith, a full year of him, would be a pretty good starter. Hopefully, Zach Gallen uh, wasn't a one-year wonder and he could continue that streak in 2021. 
those question marks are answered, then the D-backs rotation will have a great chance of bouncing back and being really effective in 2021. Then you look at the starting lineup. Can Ketar Marte go back to his MVP ways? Uh, is Eduardo Escobar wash? Uh, what do you do with the center outfield spot? Uh, uh, do you need to upgrade Nick Ahmed and maybe get some more offensive star power in that lineup? There are just so many questions with this D-backs team. And then you look at that bullpen. Uh, what's up with the closer? Who's going to be closing ninth inning games? We need more arms. We need more back in the bullpen guys so the d-backs at almost every level of an mlb organization uh needs to work on it the biggest strength for this d-back team is probably their defense because nick ahmed uh david peralta cole calhoun there's some defensive specialists on this d-backs team and so i'm never going to be worried about that aspect of them but when I'm looking at the sportsbook uh, odds and where they have the D-backs ranked for winning the World Series, I can't argue. I can't disagree. The D-backs were really bad in 2020. And right now, they, they, they don't deserve to be any higher than where they are right now because they were a team that fell short of expectations in 2020. And right now, uh, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, I'm the guy you should be laughing at. <laughs> Isn't that how the saying goes? So right now, I'm off the D-backs bandwagon. Maybe I'll be back on as we enter the 2021 season, I mean, it depends on who they get, who they want to bring in uh, as players during free agency. We see, we'll see what kind of moves Mike Hazen's going to make in the offseason. Maybe they'll go out. Maybe they'll go big fish hunting. You just never know. Trevor Bauer's going to be a free agent. I mean, I think this is going to be a really wild time for free agency. I mean, just go look around the league. Go look at the transaction waiver wire so many good guys are being declined so many of their options there's actually i think gonna be an abundance of free agents this year i think covid and payrolls are really just gonna be messed up so honestly there's gonna be a lot of guys on that free agent market who might have to take deals less than their market value and that could be great for a team like the d-backs who need as much talent as they get so I'm going to still be hopeful but right now i'm not going to put all my eggs in the d-backs basket like i did this season now, that's it for this edition of the Locked On Diamondbacks podcasting. To everyone tuned in today, it's Friday, so the last week of the podcast. So go back and catch up on any podcast you missed this week. And as always, it's the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, your team every day. So come back next week for more Diamondbacks news, coverage, and insight. Thank you to everyone tuned in. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Peace.